Welcome into another edition of the Sports Plus Rewind. I'm Corey Miller here with Mike Bush. We have kind of a probably a cool one and one that probably doesn't exist a whole lot of places out no, there. I don't think so. A pretty reclusive guy. We got Steve Carlton. His uh, I, I don't know you call it a feud, but just his. Uh, him and the media didn't always get along. Right. He didn't talk very often, but you got him on the Sports Plus couch in 1994, right after after he had found out he was going to the Hall of Fame. Right. So he didn't talk as a player. Um, He thought the media was a distraction, and he didn't like distractions. And so uh, he was one of those guys that just never did an interview. Um, And, you know, as great a pitcher as he was, it was hard to get anything uh, out of Steve Carlton. So um, when we got him on the Sports Plus couch, you know, it was a pretty big deal because you want to hear it uh, from his voice. And here's a guy who came up with the St. Louis Cardinals, probably would have been a Hall of Famer with the St. Louis Cardinals had he had he stayed, but they traded him to the Philadelphia Phillies, and he ended up going to the Hall of Fame anyway. And when they traded him to the Phillies, uh, the Phillies were the worst team in all of baseball. You guys get into that a lot in the interview. Is this the first time you had ever met him, talked oh, to yeah. him when he came in? This is the first time, uh, and like I say, just the fact that you know there weren't a lot of Steve Carlton interviews out there, we thought it was a pretty big deal to get him on Sports Plus. All right, let's get to it. Let's listen to Mike Bush and Steve Carlton from 1994 on Sports Plus. A few weeks ago, the Baseball Writers of America elected one man to go into the Hall of Fame this summer. That man will go in as a Philadelphia Philly, but he could have, and some fans wish he would have, gone in as a Cardinal if they just hadn't traded him in 1972. He didn't do too much talking after leaving St. Louis. He let his pitching do the talking. So we're honored because joining us now on Sports Plus is Hall of Famer Steve Carlton. Steve, thanks for being here. Has it sunk in yet that you're in the Hall of Fame? Uh, yeah, in a lot of ways. In other ways, I don't, I don't give it much uh, thought. You know, I'm living my own life. But I, you know, people don't let you forget the fact you get a congratulatory uh, conversation all the time. And I like to forget it and prepare my speech or whatever. <laughs> you know? So, but yeah, it, it's 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 pretty neat. Uh, it wants to say, I think after the ceremonies in the Cooperstown, that's with all that sort of hoopla. Now, now it shows it's just like it's a statement from the the writers right now that that you're in but I think all that attention around Cooperstown is going to be quite interesting. You didn't really emerge as as a a star in the National League really until after the 68 69 was your first really good year. And I want you to take a look. I want to t- I want you to take a look at something, Steve. This is this is an interview you did on this television station back in 1969 with Jay Randolph and it's it's be- very prophetic. Take take a look at this. Okay. I'm looking forward to a real big year this year. I've come up with a new pitch. I've come up with a slider. I think will be a tremendous asset to my uh, my repertoire of pitches. Yeah, a slider. Adding the slider to your repertoire of pitches. It it did help a little bit, didn't it? Yes, it did. That was uh, uh God, that was really turned out to be a great pitch. Uh, I developed uh, in 1968 in uh, in Japan. I started throwing that. Uh, uh, Timmy McCarver, myself talked a lot and Timmy didn't like you know I, I was I was right over the top all the time as a left-hander and you know my fastball didn't move one way just pretty straight and, and I had the big curveball but it didn't have any side movement to it, it was pretty pretty much straight down and uh, you know Sadahara O hit a, a, a couple of home runs off off me because I couldn't get him when he picked that foot up I couldn't get him to you know to, to move off the plate very well and uh, so I said well let's next game let's throw the we'll throw the slider you know because I've been messing around I've, I messed around with all of 60 during the season but I mean pitching in the rotation you don't 
you don't take, mess take, around take an uncertainty much. and, and yeah. you know at that time anyway so and uh, and I, I, I threw the I threw the ball at at O, you know, when he picked that foot up, I threw it you know, right at his, like, his ribs, you know, and, and he went, oh, he bailed out, and the ball came back over the plate, and, and we figured we had a pretty good uh, pitch by yeah. then, you know, and uh, in 69, I decided to use it throughout the season. And then things really started to happen, but it wasn't too long after that that you were traded by the Cardinals. Now, this is not a trade that you really wanted to happen, was it? What, what exactly happened? Take us back to that time. Well, uh, in... Uh, 69. After the '69 season, I think we uh, we got into some contract disputes, and I ended up signing a two-year contract, and I negotiated with Augie Bush uh, back at that time, and uh, it was unheard of at that time. I think Kenny Boyer was the only, only player in the Cardinal organization that comes to my mind anyway that had signed a, a multi-year contract, two-year contract, which is you know no big deal now. But uh, so part of that, Kenny Boyer is the only one that signed, and then. We ended up signing a two-year contract. In the first year of that contract, I lost uh, a lot of games. In the second year of the contract, in 71, I won 20 games. So uh, the Cardinals, you know, back before free agency, they said, well, you're never a 20-game winner, so you can't demand any kind of money. They always had gender to thumb. So after I won 20 games, I said, well, here I am. Here I am. Let's... Where's my money? Yeah, and it came down to like $2,500 uh, difference in uh, uh I wanted a little bit more than what they were willing to offer. We were maybe at 65,000 or something like that, and uh, now players make that per at bat. You know? <laughs> but, <laughs> That's right. But and I wanted 67.5, I recall, or somewhere in that neighborhood. And uh, you know, I think Mr. Bush got emotionally involved in this thing, and and uh, you know, tried tried to trade me to a last place ball club, or did trade me to a last place ball club, and uh, that's sort of how the thing unfolded. And you got the word, and didn't you at that point, I think Bing Devine called you, yeah, and you did. said, Bing, wait, 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 we can renegotiate. I called him back, as a matter of fact. <laughs> you know, I, he woke me up, it was like 8 or 8.30 in the morning to tell me this thing happened, and just, you know, really, God, he's like, I was in shock, because back then they traded you because you were no good. And now trades are very popular and jumping around from team to team with free agency, but, uh, you know, I said, and I was really in shock. I didn't know what to do, my mind's just racing. It was, as a matter of fact, it was, I was supposed to leave that evening for spring training. And, uh, and a matter of fact, I did, but with another ball club. Yeah. I went in the same area because I, I was with Philadelphia. So I ended up in Clearwater instead of St. Pete. But uh, I called Bing back and said, Bing, can't we do anything? I'll, <laughs> I'll, take, you know, I'll take the offer. And he said, too late. It's a done deal. So, God, but, mine really goes bananas, you know. Yeah. yeah, and here you are. You're being traded to Philadelphia. You're right there, a last-place team. But you committed yourself to, to winning. And... and, and I'd like to know what was going through your mind. You, you go to the, the last place team, a team that your first year with them only won 59 games. They win 59 games, you win 27 games on that, on that last place team. I mean, how does that, that's unheard of in Major League Baseball. You just decided to, to take it upon yourself to just do what you could and stay within yourself. Isn't that right? Well, you know, I'd, uh, when I got into this mental training back in... Uh, uh, well, I'll tell you, the first time I got into his mental training was when, in 71 when I won 20 games. I, cause I, was, I was winning 13, 15 games, you know, for those uh, first few seasons. I was with the Cardinals, and uh, I had a, a guy start riding me and helping me with my, the mental development, you know, because I was, I'd come down and, and you know, the ninth inning, I'd be up, up against the Pirates and uh, leading one to nothing or two to one and end up, you know, losing the game in the ninth inning kind of thing, maybe on one pitch. And... Uh, so mentally, I was 
more capable of, or more mature of, and more capable of handling those types of situations because I became mentally tough as, you know, as just the exterior portion of the, or the physical. And uh, as soon as I applied that, you know, I, my production picked up five, six, seven games. I won 20 games the first year I applied it. So, so in the in the um, in the winter of '70, I applied my thinking to '71. Okay, so I and I accomplished that goal of 20 victories. So the following year, I was going to win 25 games with the Cardinals. You know, so and that's what my goal was. After '71, I started thinking of 25 games in 1972. But when the spring, opening day of spring training, they trade me to a last place ball club. <laughs> and I go, oh my God, there goes my there my goes goals. Goal, you know, yeah. everything I've applied mentally to this. And I and I for the first week in spring training, I'm down reevaluating. You know, should I change what I've done for the last four and a half months mentally? And I came to the conclusion after uh, about a week of, you know, mulling over that in my mind that I was just going to keep my 25 games. And I became very entrenched mentally. I was so focused that year. And uh, actually, I surpassed that uh, my goal of, of 25 and, and with the last place ball club. And, and part of that that focus was was eliminating the media and the writers and, and television, not, wasn't it? Did, well, not, you have not to... in '72. I didn't do that. No, no, no. I mean, years. I mean, afterwards, it, yeah. it it became sort of a nuisance to you, and you you wanted to concentrate on baseball. I, am I right, well, or am in, I? In a lot of ways, that's true. I, you know, some of the the press was not uh, too kind, and you know, I watch I watch other guys say. You know, almost get in a fight with a writer, and the next day they'd be buddies. I said, "Well, that that was sort of hypocritical to me." I said, and I, I watched this, and I watched the you know the situation I was going through, and I I figured, well, and it wasn't one incident, it never is. It was a, a a multitude of things that took place. And I said, "Well, in one particular night, I remember talking to a guy one on one for like 20 minutes. The next day, I, he didn't write anything that I'd given my my 20 minutes of. You know, I, I thought that was valuable time to right. me. You know, and I said, well." This is silly. I mean, if they want to do what they want to do, I'll just let them write what they want to write and put my put my name to it. But just don't waste my time. So, kind of about that point, with this other backlog of things going on, I decided, well, I'm not going to speak to the media. That was another one of those. Well, if, if that's bothering me, let me put cotton in my ears or let me eliminate this. You know. So, with my theory developing at that time on how to how to go about this, the media was just another obstacle, so I eliminated it and, it, and it forced me to perform better because I knew they'd be shooting for me. So I worked harder, focused better. You know, I, I paid more attention to what I had to do on the field. So it, it actually was an asset in a reverse sort of way. I, I made you know a negative into a positive. Yeah, well, that's why this is sort of neat to get to yeah. sit and talk to to you right now and, and listen to what you were going through mentally at mm -hmm. that time. And now you got to make in July at Cooperstown. A speech, and people, a lot of people haven't heard Steve Carlton speak too much. How about, you, a, how about a statement? <laughs> this speech is like, you know, this. this statement. You know, but a lot of these guys get up there and, and they go for, you know, half an hour, they do. 20 minutes. Well, have you thought about what you might say at, uh, at Not really. Time? A few things I've been mulling over, you know, people I'd like to, you know, thank and situation, because you never do it by yourself. It's always, you know, in your team sport, you know, which, you know, baseball is. You're not going to strike everybody out, so when they hit it, somebody's got to you know pick up your mistakes. Sure. So I mean that this couldn't happen without you know those types of people in my life. So and I played with some great ones. In yeah, there. I mean you think about going back to the Cardinal days with yeah. with Gibson and Flood and Brock and Kenny Boyer. You talked about Cepeda, uh, uh, Mike Schmidt, and Pete Rose, and Joe Morgan, and all those guys you played yeah. with Philadelphia. Those were some some pretty great players you got a chance yeah. to play with. I, I've been very fortunate in. Uh, I've been in four uh, World Series, you know, a lot of postseason play. So, and, and, a lot, and some guys don't never reach that, you know. They're unfortunate to be with teams that never developed into something. And 
So I, that's, I'm sort of blessed in a way to be with so many talented players throughout my career. It looks like you're still in enough shape right now. You could go out there and pitch today. Yeah, I can. I'm, I'm doing a lot of yoga right now. I'm stretching out. My, my arm is... Uh, my arm uh, is getting a lot of more flexibility that because I've been lifting weights ever since I got out of the game. And, and uh, actually, I could uh, I've been starting to throw the ball a little bit. And, Have you uh, thought about going back? You know, Jim Palmer if, tried to do it. If, a couple my, if years. Michael Michael Jordan, I haven't struck him out yet. You know, there's, <laughs> there's another. That's right. I got Bo Jackson, but not uh, so I, maybe I don't know. Right. Makes a good story, but yeah. I have been throwing just as part of my rehabilitation program. So. Well, speaking for St. Louis sports fans, uh, you've got you've left a lot of great memories, both as a Cardinal and a Philadelphia Philly. And uh, congratulations on the Hall of Fame. We appreciate your time today, and we'll look forward to the speech or the statement at Cooperstown. Steve Carlton, thank you very much. Thanks, Mike. That's Hall of Famer Steve Carlton. We'll be right back. All right, that was Mike and Steve Carlton on the Sports Plus couch in 1994. A lot that was of good, pretty cool. Lot of, it was cool. <laughs> the first time I was watching that, I was like, wow, this is awesome. Uh, first thing that was really cool, I'll show you the actual video, because I, I, Andy Moeller, our sports producer, uploaded this. Yeah. Uh, when they're talking about that Jay Randolph clip, <laughs> yeah. just going back and seeing that was awesome from 68 yeah. before yeah, the Andy found it before the interview, and he we did. thought, wow, this is going to be amazing, and we... We got to play it in the studio so Steve Carlton could see it. He's working on a new pitch. <laughs> it's a slider, and he thinks it'll help him. Yeah, it did. <laughs> Looking forward to a real big year. Uh, I mean, that was his really breakout season yeah. in 69. 210 strikeouts, 17 wins, 2.17 ERA, 12 complete games. Uh, I, I like the story of how... He kind of honed it a little bit in Japan with Tim McCarver right. facing probably the best Japanese player ever, Sadaharu Oh. Uh, and I guess it was a, a like a friendly Sadaharu Oh, who had over 800 yes. home runs in Japan. He's yeah. insane. I guess it was just a friendly like visit uh, over there yeah, for the Cardinals. Yeah. And he couldn't get him out, so he had to get that slider in there to keep busting yeah. him inside. And that's what really helped him kick it off and, and rest, send him to the Hall the of rest, Fame. The rest is Hall of Fame history. <laughs> that was pretty cool. But to me, the most interesting part of the whole interview was the contract situation with the Cardinals. I mean, imagine uh, that group of Cardinals if Steve Carlton would have hung around. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a dynasty it there. Is. If, well, if you've got Gibson and Carlton and, and Carlton has got this slider going, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, when they won the World Series in 67, that was his first full season. So right. imagine you see him uh, fully fledged. But I couldn't believe. $2,500 yes, difference. That's insane. $2,500 difference. Oh, that makes me, just I mean, my head hurt. It's But, you know, it, it was very different back then. Yeah. You weren't talking about, uh, you know, million-dollar contracts. You were talking about, you know, $65,000 contracts. I remember when I was younger, um, you know, a lot of the a lot of the ball players had had winter jobs yeah. in order to put food on the table. So because they, they were not paid very much, so a twenty five hundred dollar difference was all he wanted. And then he calls <laughs> Bing Divine back after he finds out he was traded. He calls him back and says, "No, no, no, I'll take the sixty five. And they said, "No, no, it's, it's still it's, too it's, late. It's, it's done oh, deal." Oh gosh, I and can't go he, ahead. He, so he goes to the Phillies. This to me is one of the most mind-boggling stats in Major League Baseball history. The Phillies, as a team, won 59 games. Steve Carlton won 27. That's ridiculous. It is 
You can't even. It will never it. happen again. No. And it's just it. It is. I mean, a part of it is a sign of the times because the pitchers back then, you know, they took the ball every four days and they went out there and and pitched nine innings, but twenty seven games. Well. They go out and pitch nine innings. He had 27 wins. He had 30 complete games. Yeah, that's just... It's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, a, a complete game now is is six innings. Yeah, I mean, they're good with that. Yeah. That's a quality get, start. If you get six innings, yeah. and, and, and these guys used to pitch nine, uh, you know, 30 times a year. Yeah. He uh, finished fifth in the MVP voting that year, won the Cy Young. I think he finished fifth because back then, if you were on a bad team, that was really the thought process. And even here, I think he would have been viewed maybe a little differently in this era. Wins, wins, wins. He even talked about you got to win 20 games before they'll pay you. Yeah. That sounds so foreign nowadays because – we well, haven't seen nobody. Nobody really was talking about saber metrics. No. back in 1972, they were not. Uh, just 27 wins. Seven, 27 wins in the Phillies. 59 wins. Something we'll never. I, see. I'd like to go back and look at the saber metrics of that season. Oh yeah, it would be because well, he had to be because the team was so bad. He had to be even greater right. than he was. Right. And he kind of credited that in your interview to mental training and tough toughness, and he just kind of went into his own mode. If it's not going to help me. I don't need it. Yeah. And one of those things was talking to the media. Yeah. How, just how was he perceived back in the day? Were, were people like, was it adversarial? Were they mad at him for not talking? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, my memory of it is is that people, you know, kind of thought he was a jerk. Um, but you couldn't argue with what he was doing on the field. And, of course, the baseball writers are the ones who uh, vote for who gets into the Hall of Fame. So some people were wondering whether or not uh, they would vote for him because, you know, he never said anything. But fortunately, they did the right thing. He got up there and he made himself at least a statement. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe it wasn't a speech. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't remember, <laughs> I don't remember what he said in his speech, but, uh, but I thought that was a pretty funny thing. That was funny. And then this was six years after he retired in 1994. He's talking about and he's talking back. about coming back. Well, think about it now. If, if, if you know, if... He had retired six years ago, and it's and it's now 2019. I mean, you could come back with with that slider. You could come back as a as a one batter. You could lefty. be a lefty specialist. Are you of, are you kidding? Yeah, he his career could have gone on and on and on. Well, he wanted to come back and face Michael Jordan. Right, That's what he was right. most concerned about. Right. He'd already got Bo Jackson. Well, he'd have to do that in the minor <laughs> leagues because yeah, Michael, Michael Jordan never made it. Right. Uh just overall. Steve Carlton still comes back to when they celebrate past Cardinal teams. He gets a big cheer. Every The fans still love him. But when you look back, that's got to be the worst trade in Cardinals history. And I don't, I don't think it's even I can't, close. I can't think of any trade that would be would be worse than that. Because, uh, like I say, if, if he would have stuck around with that nucleus of a team, the Cardinals would have had a dynasty. They definitely would have. Well, you got him to stick around in 1994 on the Sports Plus couch. It was fun listening to. We'll have another episode for you guys in a couple weeks here. Thanks for tuning in.